I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The Pirates lost last night. In D.C. to the Nationals by a 3-2 count. And that was their eighth loss in a row. And it's possible that in the very near future, they'll be trading one or two or even more of their more productive veteran players. And you, you, yes, I'm looking at you. You pressed play on a program called Daily Shot of Pirates. You did that. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this program comes your way, whether you like it or not, every weekday morning. If you happen to be into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers. And penguins. I'm going to try to make it worth your while. I have something for you today. It's a little bit different. Last night, Brian Hayes made a throwing error in the first inning. And the way things have been going on social media for the Pirates of late, it's surprising to me that it didn't find its way into viral territory because that's the way when your team is either low spending or bad or both you're going to get branded in an unfair way not that you aren't legitimately bad but every bad thing that you do is going to get magnified to the extreme And you know what? For the most part, that's deserved. If you don't want to be seen as stinking, hey, don't stink. You know, win more often. And that's ideally, from the Pittsburgh perspective, where the Pirates will be within a couple years or so. But for right now, they're going to take their hits. They're going to get beaten up. But that doesn't stop me from trying to keep things more based in reality than in perception. And this one facet really counts more than the rest. And that's the part about fundamentals. That's the part about defense. When you think about baseball and fundamentals, you almost 
reflexively think of defense, right? You think of glove work. You think about not embarrassing yourself in the field. And of course, there have been a couple of occasions here in the past month where the Pirates have big time embarrassed themselves in the field. One was the Will Craig incident, and the other one was a a cutoff throw that misfired going back into the infield in Milwaukee after a line drive caromed off of Eric Gonzalez's leg at shortstop. And that one I felt was a little bit unfair to to pin, you know, on some sort of big franchise-level incompetence. Eric Gonzalez is an excellent defender. And that ball hooked like crazy to come down and hit him on the inside of the leg. And after that, yeah, they missed the cutoff, and it looked terrible. Pitcher didn't back up the... Uh, didn't back up the infielder, and it was just a mess. Of course, in that same game, Milwaukee butchered one, two, three, four plays, and no sign of the Brewers anywhere on social media, just the Pirates. But, but, stay with me, I digress. Cabrian Hayes made a throwing error. Cabrian Hayes probably is going to end up being the Pirates' best defender of this generation. That's how gifted he is. Uh, That's how meticulous he is. But he's also human. He made an error. The reason that I bring that up today, listen to this. Since May 20, which is right in the same time span that I was just describing with the, uh, you know, the whole Will Craig and Milwaukee fiasco and everything that's gotten the Pirates all this attention for their fundamentals. Since May 20th, the Pirates have been charged now with a total of 10 errors, including Kibrian's error last night. 10 errors since May 20th. That is tied for the third fewest in all of Major League Baseball, along with the Reds and the Astros. The only two teams to commit fewer errors in that same time span are the Rays, with seven, and the Mets with eight. This is the same time span. You can make an argument based on this statistic that the Pirates have actually been one of the best defensive teams in all of baseball in the same month in which they've been dragged through the mud for being terrible defensively. Okay, too small a sample size? Go through the whole season. Go through the whole season. The Pirates rank ninth in Major League Baseball in fielding percentage for the year. For the year. How do they get tagged with this? Because, like almost everything else about this team at this stage, and of course with this robustly unpopular owner, it's okay to say anything. It's okay to say anything. You can just make up stuff about the Pirates and not have anyone around you say, well, hang on a second. Now, wait, are they really that terrible? No, that's never going to happen. There's not going to be any dialogue unless you run into me somewhere. You're not going to get that from anybody. All you're going to have is everyone going, oh, yeah, <laughs> did you see that guy? He didn't know there was a four-sided at first base. I, 
I don't have some broader point about the pirates to make. And I am definitely not here to go to bat for a team that's lost eight in a row and can't hit its way out of a paper Kai Tom. I don't enjoy watching this team right now either. How could anyone? How could you? How, you know, like I asked you at the beginning, why are you even listening to this show? Never mind watching these games. But as long as I'm going to do it, and it's kind of part of the job, I'm going to at least take it upon myself to try to relay to you, the person who pushed the play button, what is real information and what is just just garbage. And in this case, it matters because it's a reflection on the manager. Fundamentals are first and foremost a reflection on the field manager of the big league team in any organization. It all has to emanate from that one person. You know who knows that, and you know who has said that to me? Derek Shelton himself. And when we discussed this just a few days ago at PNC Park, he asked me what I thought of the team's play. We were just talking. What I thought of the team's play fundamentally. And I said, well, I mean, you'd get an argument from everybody who saw the Will Craig play, but I've seen an improvement year over year. I have. And I'm not alone, because you know who else is with me? You know who else has seen this improvement? The math. The actual evidence. They're not spectacular in the field, other than Kibrian and, in his own way, Jacob Stallings. They're not going to make plays that end up on web gems. They don't have a Jack Wilson, those types. What they do is they make the routine plays. They really do. Do you know how many errors Kevin Newman has this year? I know he's having a lousy season with the bat, but do you know how many errors he has made this year? How many he's been charged with? Zero. Did you know that? Zero. That's your shortstop. That's your shortstop, your toughest defensive position. Adam Frazier is a two-time defending Gold Glove finalist. Colin Moran has represented a big upgrade over Josh Bell, and that's damning him with faint praise, but he's been a much better first baseman than what they had last year. Brian Reynolds has been pretty good, not just in left, but even in center, where there were a lot of doubts as to whether or not he could play the position. Brian Reynolds has not committed an error since last August. Gregory Polanco is Polanco in right field. That is what it is. The left fielders that the Pirates have trotted out there game after game after game after game have been trash after trash after trash after trash, and they still are. I mean, Ben Gamble's not... I mean, he is what he is. Ben Gamble's not terrible. I shouldn't put him in the same category with all the rest of them, but this is the team that you're looking at. Look at the players that I mentioned who are actually relevant to this roster and the ones that aren't, because Polanco's not. But no, let's 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 just talk about one play. Let's talk about one play in perpetuity because it suits whatever the, the general mood is. 
whatever the general narrative is. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time for just one question, and that's brought to you on this program always by North Shore Tavern. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. You can enjoy your stop there before or after a Pirates game, or, you know, go over there for a road game, like the one that's taking place tonight again in Washington. TVs everywhere. Pirates fans are in there. You can cheer along. You can shake your fist at them together. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing during a ball game, you can do it. North Shore Tavern, home of Steak on a Stone, home of the planet's only truly dedicated year-round Pirates sports bar. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Question comes from Cody. It's a good one. What's the reason that Major League Baseball does not allow draft pick trading? It's ridiculous that I actually know this answer without looking it up, but I do. Major League Baseball made up its mind a long time ago that it was going to protect the bottom feeders from themselves. It wanted teams that stunk to build their organizations the right way. So it prevented them from trading draft picks because the feeling was that if they did that, they'd never, ever, ever get better. Now, if that sounds like excessive parenting to you, I'm kind of in there with you, but bear in mind, again, that this was done years ago and it hasn't changed even as the draft system itself has changed quite a bit over the years and even as the draft the event has become way bigger and way more visible still obviously not anywhere approaching the nfl's but they've now turned it into a a made for tv thing which even as recently as a handful of years ago it wasn't, they're still sticking by this can't-trade policy. I don't like it, but way more important than that, I've heard from a lot of baseball executives and a lot of people within the Pirates over the years that they don't like it. They would prefer to have the option. If there's a team... For example, that's looking at a prospect in this current draft 
that they really, really like, that they just, oh, we've got to have him, and we're so afraid someone else is going to get him, which is usually, if you think about the NFL's draft, that's how trades tend to happen, almost always around a quarterback. But baseball's not about positional need because it takes forever for the players to arrive. You still might have a player that you believe in. Let's say that, I don't know, the Texas Rangers who are, you know, right up there in that pecking order with the Pirates, say, you know what, we just have to have Jordan Lawler. Texas kid, sentimental thing. I know that's a lousy reason to draft somebody too, but just ride this with me. We have to have Jordan Lawler. We will do anything. Well, if the Rangers and the Pirates can make a trade, the Pirates can kind of play the the Rangers with this. They can say, I don't know. We kind of like Lawler too, even if they don't want anything to do with him. And the Rangers can say, listen, what do you want? What do you want? And Ben Sherrington says, you know, we'd be okay with taking your fourth rounder. How about that? And no one has to know that the Pirates were never going to take Lawler. So the Pirates slide down. The Pirates still get the guy they want. I don't know, whatever, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, whatever, Marcelo Meyer, any of these guys that are up there, if the Pirates have their guy circled and they know he's going to be at a certain spot, they can trade down. They can trade down, and they end up with an additional high pick. How does that hurt the Pirates? How does that keep them from building the organization the right way? How about if someone offered them, as another example, Instead of just swapping picks out or trading places, what if somebody offered the Pirates like a prospect within their system that the Pirates really, really loved, just believed in, seen him a ton? We would do anything to get our hands on that guy. And they end up getting an established prospect. It's going to be a little bit more of a certain thing than a high draft pick. And just, you know... This is what I'm talking about. Teams aren't run by dummies, by and large, anymore. You know, I mean, you had people that were kind of stuck in an older age as recently as probably around 10 years ago where they were still kind of doing things the old-fashioned way and there were no analytics and or scant analytics. It's not the case anymore. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look towards St. Petersburg, Florida to see how to do it right. Everybody sees it now. Everybody gets ideas of all kinds from a lot of different organizations, including, by the way, some of the ones that spend a ton. The Dodgers, for their massive payroll, are seen as one of the smarter organizations in baseball, meaning how they do things at the amateur and developmental levels. They're really, really good at it. Most of their roster is homegrown. I guess the difference between the Dodgers and everybody else is they can say, you know what, we can use another outfielder. So they go get Mookie Betts. Or we really like this Clayton Kershaw. We'd like to keep him around for a while. Teams aren't stupid. Executives aren't stupid. And I really think it's well past time that baseball did allow trades. But they don't. And they won't this year, and there's been no indication whatsoever that they'll do it moving forward. But then who knows, because the 
current collective bargaining agreement expires this year. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do this again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.